You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Rings. Some planets have them. Some cars have them. Some comic books have them. And one fictional series of note has them. Today we are talking about rings of power. Have you ever wanted just one ring that would let you do whatever you wanted? <laughs> well, lots of people in Middle Earth want that. I'm TJ Blackwell, priest of the geeks. I'm a nerd, nerding out about Blue Lock right now. It's a it's a manga about soccer. Didn't expect to like okay. it this much, but it is incredible. I'm here with wonderful Will, chill Will, Will Bo Baggins, the man himself. <laughs> Will Bo, Will Bo Baggins. I'm writing that down, TJ. That just came out of your mouth, and um, I. Love that. Yeah, I'm Will Rose and one of the hosts on, on Systematic Ecology. And uh, we just came up with a new name for me, new nickname, Wilbo Baggins. And uh, I, I absolutely love it. So, TJ, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We are here to talk about Rings of Power, which, if you are out of the loop, is Amazon's ad- TV adaptation of Lord of the Rings. For those of you who weren't keeping up, oh, what is it? The copyright, I guess, for Lord yeah. of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally who owns expired. the IP? That who owns yeah. the IP? Yeah. It, uh, naturally expired in 2017 because it was written in 1917, mm-hmm. uh, which gives basically anybody the right to make what they want with the with the IP. Uh, a lot of people are looking forward to the Mickey Mouse expiration by the way, but <laughs> Amazon jumped on that immediately and bought the television rights to Lord of the Rings for $250 million. Oof. And they immediately committed a five season production cycle worth that is going to be worth a billion dollars. Yeah. You, you name you name that number at first. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. But then I was like, man, they kind of got that on the cheap, which what the, all the, all the resources they can mine from to create this, uh, TV show and and the just the depth that of the history and lore of Middle Earth that man they could they can do what they want and uh, and just keep it going that's that's amazing yeah so the the thing about Rings of Power which uh, a lot of people have kind of missed is that it is not going to be a continuation of Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit it, it's going to be its own time it is because they're not allowed to make a continuation of the Lord of the Rings it's the one stipulation that Amazon had to agree to to get the rights. So we're dealing with adaptations of the appendices or just completely original content in some places, which if you've read the Silmarillion, which a lot of people have, you might pick up on a lot more out of the show than other people, but it is definitely not necessary. They're, you know, they will have familiar characters. They will have uh, younger versions from the characters of the films. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to do it. But COVID-19 kind of interrupted the filming and... There's been a, a little bit of contention over the casting choices, right. which not not a whole lot Amazon can do about that. Just, you can't really replace Orlando Bloom. That was never going to happen. So they just had to do their best. But which there's a theme in the geek in the realm of geekiness and fandom that you know is it any surprise that when when some casting news comes out that a bunch of geeks get upset that they didn't do things the exact way that they had thought in their headcanon what was going to happen, whether what people look like, what race they are, or what gender they are, or what their costume looks like. Man, being a big Star Wars fan, 
I, I know that narrative really well. So, so again, it's happening and with a fan base of, of Lord of the Rings as well. Yeah. Which uh, it also, it just happened to Futurama. Futurama's rebooting and they weren't going to rehire John DiMaggio as the voice of Bender. The internet didn't like that very much. So no, they yeah. just had to cave in and give him however much money he wanted to come back to the show. <laughs> Uh, which I do think is the correct choice, but usually it's not that big of a deal. Calm down, guys. Right. So what is your history with Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I'll, I'll say, you know, in terms of um, what I've been geeking out on lately, I, I over the summer I've been trying to read The Similarian um, and, and to get through it. it it's a lot. And um, to, and prep for for the show. But for, for me, I was not a big reader as a kid. I, I did... Um, I loved my surfing magazines and comic books, but as far as my mom, like sitting me down going, you need to read more or read for school or read summer reading list. And, and I just, they couldn't get me to do it. I couldn't sit still long enough or it just didn't attract me. I, I read and I tried to read an occasional Narnia book. Um, she put that in my lap, but I gravitated to more of like, uh, the cartoons, the, the old school Narnia cartoon. And then in the seventies, there was uh, a Lord of the Rings and a Hobbit, uh, like made for TV, like cartoon drama that they did. And I remember seeing that on TV and being like, man, as a kid, this is the coolest animation, the coolest fantasy story I've seen and, and knew of it from, from there. Uh, but towards the tail end of, of high school, I started reading a little bit more. I started getting more into my faith and reading more uh, theology and philosophy. And, and it just sparked my imagination. It, it sparked my curiosity when it come to kind of the intellectual life of, of understanding um, the big questions or wrapping my head around the big questions. And so then when I went off to be a camp counselor for a summer, I grabbed some books that were going to be, I was going to have a TV. This is before smartphones. So I didn't have any phones with me. What am I going to do in my free time? Camp counselor up in the mountains. I'm going to read a bunch of books. So I, I brought all the Narnia books and then, and then brought the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And over the course of that summer, I read all those and just fell deeply in love uh, with those books and that, and that story. And then, went digging into kind of the, the grander um, uh, Middle Earth lore and the story of Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and their relationship and how um, they fed off one another when it comes to their creativity and 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 what they wrote and, and created in their stories, but then also how they shaped one another and their own faith um, and, and Tolkien sharing his faith uh, to C.S. Lewis and, and helping C.S. Lewis come, come to a uh, a belief in, in Jesus. And so, um, just all that was very impactful for me, uh, during my college years. And, and over the, over since then, I've, I've loved the movies. I've reread the books a few times, reread the Hobbit a few times in preparation for the movies that are coming out and kept up with the message boards of what they're doing or not doing or what's make the cut or not make the cut when it comes to the movies. And, and, and I've always loved it. I'm not like a, I, I know I mispronounced most of the names in, in Lord of the Rings. I don't know every single family tree or history of elf or, um, or dwarf, um, you know, if there's Easter eggs in there about some a reference to a character that happened in the first age, I'm probably going to miss that one because I just don't know enough about it. But but I love it all and can't wait for for this TV show. And I think wrapping my head around reading the Similarian over the course of the summer, I actually had a chance also to go to Iceland, and so I was like, you know, some of the Lord of the Rings and, and Game of Thrones and that kind of stuff was filmed over here. I I um um. I want to like 
be in the land of, of like fire and ice and mountains and waterfalls and kind of read, read this stuff. Uh, who knows a Balrog might jump out of a volcano. I don't know. I just want to be prepared. Um, and, and got about a hundred pages into the book, not because I didn't like it, but it's very dense. A lot of names that's hard for me to pronounce in my head. Uh, but it's just trying to wrap my head around the different ages, the first age, second age, third age, Lord of the Rings happens in the third age, I think rings of power is going to happen within the end of the second age. Um, so think of like um, George Lucas creating Star Wars. He started with a new hope episode four. Um, he started at a different time. I, all that's going to happen rings of powers and similarian are like the prequel stuff and the setup to what um, Tolkien did and in, in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So that's kind of my history and, and I'm still reading and, and studying maps and trying to pronounce names in prep for this show. Yeah. So Rings of Power is uh, going to be about the second age. Uh, the second age is thousands of years. They're condensing it for the series so they can actually show it all. And I'll be like, just put in a time skip of like, oh, you know, 900 years later, this is what happened. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. If you do want to know more, read The Silmarillion. But it definitely feels like reading either a history textbook or an encyclopedia. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a lot Absolutely. of cool stuff in there, but it is a chore. And and that book wasn't necessarily it, it was created by by Tolkien, but his son, Christopher Tolkien, is what put it together. Um as as like he has uh, J.R.R. had had tons of notes and tons of ideas, and he created an entire universe of mythology. Um, and so Christopher Tolkien, his son, put it all in one book as kind of like a history of Middle Earth. And and like the Lord of the Rings is in there, but it's like a paragraph. So that <laughs> this story that, that J.R. put together was basically a paragraph out of the Similarian and, and built this whole whole thing around yeah. it. So um, so, yeah, it, it does read read that way. And, and I'm not going to have it all read or done before the show. So I don't have a lot of expectations. I just want to see some cool stuff and 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 see how they build on this mythos. Now, um, I don't want to derail too much, but is there a young Gladriel in, in the Rings of yes. Power? I mean, yeah. So they're not recasting legacy characters from Lord of the Rings. Uh, kind of like, you know, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? They don't, they couldn't get the original Obi-Wan Kenobi for, for the prequels or, uh, or the animated or the shows and that kind of stuff on Disney plus, but they could get Ewan McGregor. So they're, they're recasting some younger folks since most of the people are very old or immortal. And so you can go with a kind of a younger version of a legacy character. Yeah. It's there. There are going to be a few so far confirmed characters. We already know, uh, Galadriel, Elrond, Isildur, and notably for fans of Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, the recent Lord of the Rings games, Kalembrambor uh, is going to be in the show. Oh, who's that? Should be pretty Tell cool. me more about who's that? Because uh, I don't know him from the video. He is uh, a smith who forged the Rings of Power. Oh, ho, ho. So, okay. Pretty cool guy. Uh, for me personally, I was I was very young when I read Lord Lord of the Rings for the first time. And of course, saw all the movies. I'm 23. So How did you discover out. the book? Did someone recommend it or your parents put it in your lap? Who, who? It was it in elementary school. We had the AR reading system. Mm -hmm. We had prizes for having a bunch of points and all that. And I love to read. I read all the time. And the Lord of the Rings books were in our elementary school library for whatever reason. And they were worth mm -hmm. a lot of points. So I saw that sticker, grabbed it. And I was like, I'll read these. 
which is how I read a lot of books. And uh, I sense a theme, man. like you like video games to score points and beat people. You also read for points to, to see how many points you could get to. So I, I see a pattern there. Person. Yeah, I see that. That's awesome. But that allowed me to be introduced to the Lord of the Rings in print format. The movies were great. They were just a little long for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. usually didn't make it all the way through them. And not a lot of people when at that age were big fans of Lord of the Rings because there's a lot there. You know, we had yeah. friends, I had friends who could talk about it, but it wasn't to the level of, you know, once you get into like high school and you're reading the Silmarillion and all this auxiliary material, that's right. when Lord of the Rings nerdship, as everyone knows, it really comes into its own. <laughs> but it's been around literally my whole life. As I've gotten older, movies came out. The Hobbit movies came out, yeah. which it's been easy being a Lord of the Rings fan while I've been alive. And <laughs> obviously, story is much older than me. Story is much older than you. Yeah. I feel like it's understated pretty often how old this story is. Literally older than most people alive, almost everybody alive. That's insane that it still garners this kind of hype. That's insane to me. Yeah, and it and it and it it um, it's a testimony to the the marathon or the longevity of of what Tolkien put into this in terms of like he he was a linguist he um, created a language he loved mythology he was a Beowulf scholar um, and so he wanted to create his own myth so he, he created not the story first but a language first and then started thinking about how how that would play out um, and write the history before he wrote the stories and and created and so it is is it's his whole whole own mythology with its creator and pantheon of gods and and sub creators and um, it goes into the, the age-old questions that people ask, uh, which all mythologies and religions uh, tap into, which is, you know, what, what is our place in the universe? How do we wrestle with the problem of evil? Uh, what gives us hope? What's the nature of friendship? Um, what, what keeps us going when the world is about as dark as it can get? Um, all those things, it stands the test of time because it taps into those primordial questions that humans wrestle with. And so um, that's why it stands the test of time. It, it, yeah, it's got swords, it's got dragons and, and demons and wizards and those things that we like when it comes to like those who like the fantasy genre. But I think at the heart, underneath, this, merit, this narrative taps into those questions that um, are universal that people wrestle with. Yeah. So as far as expectations go, War Rings of Power, which at the time of recording comes out in less than a week. Yeah, Friday on my birthday, TJ. On nice. my birthday, a birthday present is going to be watching Amazon Prime and watching the first episode of uh, Rings of Power. Can't wait. Pretty sweet. Yeah. So you already said you don't have many expectations. Right. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm trying I'm to learn from you. You have discipled me. When it comes to that, being a Star Wars fan, I, I need to be held accountable when it comes to expectations. And and you've been um, a role model for me. So thank you, TJ. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honored. But however, yeah, Rings of Power is about the Second Age and Sauron's rise to power. If Sauron's mm -hmm. not at least a little scary, it's going to be upset. That is really the only thing I can think of that would make me say, wow, that's awful. Sauron better be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like in the Lord of the Rings movies, when they drop, they had that kind of, 
you know, Marvel has the page turn and the opening scene and then they got to get into the movie. I think those movies did a good job tapping into the mythology and sharing a little bit about the bigger picture before jumping right into the narrative and the characters. And I'm, I'm wondering if they do that. They're going to have to, they can't lose people in the density of names and family trees and ages and what, what elf comes from there and dwarf comes from that. They're, they're going to have to lead us along, but they also don't want to dumb it down um, as well. Cause there's super fans that, that want to want all that stuff. So I'm, I'm looking for, I want to be taught. I have I don't have the similarian memorized. Um, so, so they're going to have to, to teach me and bring me along and draw me in. Uh, but I do hope that it, it's in the nature of what Tolkien wanted for this series in terms of, um, the threat being real, um, and then people pulling together and leaning in on hope that that they're fighting the good fight. Yeah, I. It'll be interesting to see how Amazon toes the line between broad appeal and Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah, which yeah, they're definitely going to try because they're spending a billion dollars on this TV show. This is going to be the most expensive TV show ever made. So. And I'll and I'll share too. I have a couple friends out there who are kind of in the know in the thick of 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 geek culture and there's um a friend of mine who um got a pre-screening of the first two episodes of Rings of Power and I really trust his movie reviews and TV reviews and comic book reviews and he says it's excellent. He says if it's um if it's uh, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you will you will love this show. And so I was like, man, that's good. Most of the time, the way he grades and and rates movies, I, I have a lot of respect for. And, and after I see it, I agree with him on on most things. So him giving it uh, big props and saying it's really good uh, gave me hope out there as well. That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I really don't expect to be disappointed. I'm kind of hard to disappoint and. You know, them flopping an enemy like Sauron, it seems so very unlikely. <laughs> but they know what they're doing over there. Amazon's been putting out some good stuff recently. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I've got big hopes. I think they'll do a good job. Yeah, I got big hopes too. And, and it's going to it's gonna last a while. It's, it's something to digest and go through. I don't think they're dropping all the episodes at once. Um, it's going to be a weekly series uh, on Amazon um, and so we'll have time to talk about digest it and go to the message boards. Again, our recommendation to all of you is stay away from toxicity and not get in the thick of, of the bickering of the small details, but enjoy it. Take it for what it's worth. It doesn't mean you can't be critical. Critical doesn't mean you can't be disappointed if they're if they're doing something that you're like, man, I wish they had done that. I I, I wrestle with that all the time with the comic books I read and, and Star Wars and stuff such. But have an open mind, see where it's going to go, and don't judge it by its just first episode. It's got ten. It's got a lot of episodes to tell the whole story, and so kind of kind of be patient with it as it moves from week to week. Yeah, and also if someone tries to tell you, oh, they should have done this. This is how they did it in the Silmarillion. Fact check them. Yeah. Look it up. Because <laughs> most people don't know the Silmarillion like that. They're lying. But a lot of people do, yeah. so watch up. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know if they're gonna tap in or have the time to tap into the creation in the first age, but man, it would be I mean, all of all of um Middle Earth, all of this creation of was born out of music and and a creator who created a tune and a song. And then that, that song and tune and the harmony was compromised, um, by Melkor and, and some, and some big baddies out there. And, um, you know, I, I would love for them to, 
perhaps they start off, they don't have to start with a black screen and a big bang and, and the whole creation story, but, but I hope they lean into a little bit of the history of, of the first age and the pantheon of, of creator and creators that, that of how this all unfolded. So that's another thing I, I would like to see. If they don't do it, I, fine. I know you got a lot of lot of story to tell um, in a short amount of time, but I think that would be super cool. That then leads to where you have the elves and the dwarves and the humans um, all trying to figure out um, what's happening next with these rings of power and the quest for power, the lust for war, the lust for tyranny. I mean, another big aspect of Tolkien's story is that he fought in the first world war and his son fought in the second world war. And so he's wrestling with tyranny and war and, and, and oppression and, and was tapping into the questions of, of virtue and honor and, um, and, and patriotism and all those things. And so I, I hope that those themes are reflected through this means of fantasy wizards, elves, dwarves, and humans. <laughs> yeah. Remarkably deep story. There's a million things I could do right. There's a million things I could do wrong. We'll just have to wait and see. Let's see. And then we'll and, circle back around and, and talk about it when it's all said and done. Yeah. And for the record, you don't have to have seen Lord of the Rings to watch this because this is a prequel. There you go. Yeah. So if you just want to get into it, just get into it. Then watch the movies later and then read the books and then read the Silmarillion. <laughs> then watch the cartoons and play the games. The games are good. There's a, you missed out on a lot, but you can catch up. So I guess it is time if you have no other words for our wrap up. I'll start off. I have a, a good friend, um, a Trip Fuller of Homebrew Christianity, who's actually doing an online class right now on talking and it's called talking heads which you know uh, a playoff of talking heads the the famous band from the band. 80s yeah. uh yeah so talking talking heads and he's bringing in uh talking scholars and having discussions and friends that are really steeped in the lore um it is pay as you want for the class um he's also through his website and um podcast giving out teasers and other kind of things going into it um so you don't necessarily have to, to pay for the class if you wanted to hear kind of what he's up to. So I, I, I will steer you in that direction. If you want to go get really nerd out and really geek out on Tolkien, he's, he's got some good stuff. It's one of his favorite narratives other than scripture and the Bible and philosophy and theology. He's a big Tolkien nerd. And so um, I, I recommend that. I've been listening in and listen to the scholars and the lectures around that and been learned a lot about kind of the history of Tolkien and his friendships and where he taught and how he taught and how that affected um, this this amazing universe and mythology that he created. Yeah. All right. Me, I'm going to recommend that you do find a way to play one of the recent Lord of the Rings games. Uh, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, they're both really good, really interesting games. Uh, or go play the really old ones, which are not as good, but usually just as interesting. <laughs> and you'll have a good time if you don't just have a way reach out to me i can make it work probably if you have a computer yeah we also would love for you to reach out to us through our social media and and website that if if you have thoughts on on rings of power or other topics you'd like for us to talk about uh come find us on facebook instagram twitter and then we also have our our website systematicology.org share the faith share the key
This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.